Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Well, hello everyone and welcome to God's Word for Life. I'm your host, Jonathan McClintock. This is episode number 61. This is a lesson companion podcast, so for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your summer 2021 Living Word lesson manual or student workbook and turn to lesson number three intended for June 20th, 2021, the lesson entitled Amazing Grace. For those of you who are not Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Bibles, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. Well, before we look into God's Word together, if you want to go ahead and turn there with me, the book of Titus, Titus chapter 2, we're going to read verses 11 through 15, Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. But before we look at that, we're going to begin with a quiz. Now, some of the following quotes are scripture, but some just sound like it, and I want to know if you know the difference. First of all, cleanliness is next to godliness. Is that scripture or not scripture? The Lord works in mysterious ways. Scripture or not scripture? A man who has lost his hair and is bald is clean. Confession is good for the soul. A continual dripping on a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. This too shall pass. Little is much when God is in it. God helps those who helps themselves. Now, all of those sayings, only two of those quotes are actually found between Genesis and Revelation. A man who has lost his hair and is bald is clean. That's actually scripture. Leviticus chapter 13, verse 40. Now, the wording there is from the New International Version, but that is from scripture. And then also a continual dripping on a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. That's also scripture. Proverbs 27, 15. That's wording, the specific wordings from the New King James Version. But the rest of the quotes, the cleanliness is next to godliness or uh, this too shall pass, uh, the rest of those only sound like scripture. Confession is good for the souls, an old Scottish proverb dating back to the mid-1800s. Benjamin Franklin is often credited for saying God helps those who helps themselves. The truth is God helps those who cannot help themselves. If we could save ourselves, we would, but we can't. That's why we need God's grace. God helps those who cannot help themselves. That is called grace. God's grace brings salvation, helps us to say no to sin and yes to God. God's grace purchased our salvation and makes it available to us through the currency of our faith. Jesus provides every good gift we will need, and he's preparing a place called heaven we will one day call home. Little wonder John Newton put pen to paper and called God's grace amazing. That's what we're going to look at today, amazing grace. The focus thought salvation gives us hope for the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ. Turn with me to Titus chapter 2 and let's see what God's word would speak to us today. All right, Titus chapter 2. We're going to read five verses in chapter 2. We're going to start reading at Titus chapter 2 verse number 11 and then we'll go down through verse 15. Titus chapter 2 beginning at verse number 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, 
we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Look at these verses here with me, and specifically our focus verse, verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Salvation gives us hope for the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ. When we look at this passage, Paul writing to Titus, we see him begin in verse 11, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. When we read that just a few minutes ago about the different uh, quotes, were they from Scripture or were they just old wise tales or whatever they were, what could you delineate what was Scripture and what wasn't? There are, we, we saw very clearly the importance of God's grace that God doesn't help those who help themselves. He really helps those who cannot help themselves. All of us who are living and experiencing salvation today are doing so not because of anything we've done, but because of everything that Jesus Christ has done. That's grace. Grace makes up that space where we could not do anything. We could not span that chasm that sin had caused and created between us and God. But grace reached across that chasm. Grace reached across that canyon. And grace reached us and helped us to be saved. So did something that we could never, could have never done on our own. And this grace of God, verse 11, that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So does everyone have a chance at salvation? Does everyone have an opportunity to be saved? I believe not only this verse, but other verses in Scripture tell us exactly that, that everybody has the opportunity to be saved. That the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. That the word of God, that the, that the presence of God, the spirit of God, the hope, the gospel goes out to everyone. The, the Romans tells us that everyone is without excuse because, simply because of creation. You can even talk to unbelievers, to, to atheists who have stood on the side of the Grand Canyon and have become overwhelmed and awed by the majesty of such a place. Those who have, have stood at the edge of the water, the ocean, have looked out across the sea and watched as the sun rose or the sun set or, or looked at the intricacies of the human heart or other organs of the human body, the, the, the human body and system itself, and have become amazed and awed at the intricacies and 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 how how complex the 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 body is and and 
people from all over have seen various things and 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 inside their hearts and their souls though they may want to deny there is a god there is something inside that cries out that there must be something more that very that has been placed there by god and romans 1 tells us in verse 20 i believe that everybody is without excuse because creation even declares the majesty and power of God. So the grace that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Everyone has an opportunity. I believe everyone has an opportunity to come to know Jesus Christ. Now, when it comes to the gospel message, the gospel must be preached. The gospel must be declared. Nobody stands at the edge of the ocean and looks out and sees the majesty of God displayed in a sunset or a sunrise and just all of a sudden intuitively knows, well, Jesus died, was buried, and rose again for me. No, the gospel is not intuitive, just not, not intuitive like the existence of God is intuitive that God exists, that God is real. That's an intuitive thing. That's something that everybody can recognize if they will just open themselves up to believe and not suppress it. The existence of God is intuitive. We can see it in creation. We can see it on the display of in, in humanity, in the body, in creation. Now, the gospel must be preached. We hear that to know um, salvation, to know what it is to be saved, that must be preached. But salvation comes first in understanding and having faith that God is. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We can all know, everybody can know who he is. And that's the beginning of salvation. Beginning It has to start somewhere and it starts through faith. And then it is through faith that we can then come to Jesus Christ. It is through faith then that we can hear the gospel preached and respond to it and be saved. But, but I believe everybody has an opportunity to experience God in their life and ultimately experience the salvation that he has brought. What does this salvation, what does this grace and this salvation teach us? Well, let's look at verses 12 and 13. What does it teach us? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. When we have experienced the grace of God, and that grace of God has led us to salvation through the new birth of repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, first initially evidenced by speaking in other tongues, when we can experience that, there is something that salvation and that grace teach us. It teaches us that we must be grateful for that grace. And when we are grateful for that grace, we will want to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts and live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, constantly looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of Jesus Christ.
Salvation teaches us that there are some things we should not do. Salvation teaches us that. We don't even, oftentimes we don't even need scripture to tell us. Although we do need scripture to tell us and and show us and teach us the truth. As we learned last week, rightly dividing the word, we need to know what the word of God says. We need to know what we ought to do and how we ought to live. But salvation teaches us. When we receive the Spirit of God, when we are forgiven of our sins and our sins are remitted, when we are baptized in the name of Jesus, when we receive the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God comes to live and reside in us, salvation begins to teach us. Salvation begins to teach us. We we want to live godly. We want to live pleasing to God. There's something inside of us that wants to please God. It teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. teaches us that we ought to live alert and aware, soberly, godly in this present world. It teaches us that there is a hope And that we ought to live our lives in such a way that we are looking for that blessed hope. We're looking for that glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior. We we are motivated to honor God with our lifestyle. Some people would like to preach and teach that, well, if you just accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then you you can just live how you want to live. Just just do what you want to do. There's not really any guidelines to live by. There's not really, you don't have to, you can live just like other people in the world. You don't have to stand out and be an oddball. You can, but that, that doesn't really sound right. Does Not to those who have received the fullness of salvation. There's something inside of us that resonates. It says, I want to live differently than the rest of the people in the world. I want to live differently than those who give themselves to temporary pleasures and, and lifestyles that are... D- that lifestyles that are destructive and that and that tear people apart. I, I there's got to be a better way to live. There's got to be a righteous way to live. There's got to be a way to live that pleases God, and there is. And that's what salvation teaches us. Paul tells Titus, salvation, the grace of God that works in you that brings about new birth salvation. It teaches that we ought to live a certain way that we ought to live our lives in a way that please God and honor, honors God. Verse 14, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Yeah, the salvation teaches us to live a certain way that honors God. Because he gave himself for us. He laid down his life for us. He did this so he could redeem us from all iniquity. He he died so that we could be forgiven of our sins, but not forgiven and then go back and live in sin. That's not why he did that. He didn't give his life so that we could experience temporary forgiveness and then just go back and live any way we want to live and get all entangled again with the, with the entrapments of this world that cause heartache and cause, cause destruction and cause... We don't... Salvation teaches us that we should live differently than that because he gave himself for us to redeem us from all sin 
purify himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. He called us out so that we would be a people who would desire to do right things and want to do godly things and want to do pure things. And he says, Titus, verse 15, of these things, go preach about them, speak about them, teach about them, exhort. And he says, rebuke with all authority for those that deny it, for those that would, that would say, oh, God doesn't really want us to live that way. God, can, God has forgiven us. His grace is freely given to us. We can live however we want to live. Or even those that would say, oh, I know, Grace, but you've got to live according to the law. Because there's some of these Judaizers back in the day, they were saying you had to live according to the Mosaic law. You had, to, you had to follow all these things. You had to literally be circumcised. You had to do all this stuff and wear this and do this and, and live this way and act this way according to what the law spelled out. And Paul said, rebuke with all authority. Live, tell them to live the way salvation is teaching. Live godly, live holy, live pure, live righteously. And he said, let no man despise thee. Don't let anybody tell you what you're preaching is, is not truth. You preach the word, Titus. You tell them what truth is. Because salvation has taught us that we ought to live a certain way. We ought to live our lifestyle a certain way that pleases and honors God. Don't let anybody despise you for that so how can we live this out in our lives this week how can we live it in such a way that that the, these scriptures we've we've looked at for the last 15 minutes or so that we can make these a part of our lives this week first of all i i would i would challenge you to to first of all live in thanksgiving Live in thanksgiving of the salvation you've received. How do we live in thanksgiving? Well, we respond in the way we live our lives. We live it so that reflects and honors the Lord Jesus Christ. So live in thanksgiving for the salvation you have received. And then secondly, I would challenge you, share this grace with somebody. Share this truth with somebody this week. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Don't have to... You don't have to condemn them for the way they're living, but you can offer them, hey, there's hope. There's salvation. God offers grace and forgiveness for you. God offers that he loves you. And we can understand and experience that grace today. Let's thank him for that. Lord Jesus, we're so grateful. Thankful for your amazing grace that has delivered us and set us free. It met us in dark places, in low places. Your grace met us and it lifted us lifted us out of sin it lifted us out of iniquity it it spanned that canyon where sin had separated you and i grace brought us close grace grace restored me grace healed me grace saved me grace forgave me i'm so thankful oh god i pray we would take this and live our lives in such a way that would honor you and please you that we'd take this message and preach it to those who would hear preach it to those who would listen so they could experience this amazing grace in their lives we want to live our lives in a way that honors and pleases you we want to live our lives oh god in a way that lifts up you and blesses and magnifies your name help us to be help the amazing grace of God to be on display in our lives every day. We give you glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.